Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit ArtecVentures.com for more info. What's up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Quick Slants podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. It is a Victory Monday. Been a while since we've had a Victory Monday. The last time the Packers won a game, it was Thursday. Thursday night game. So we had Victory Friday. And then the Packers could not get a win last week. But they do this week. They take down the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field. At the return of Aaron Rodgers to the Green Bay Packers offense. The Packers pitch a shutout. 17-0 winners over the Seahawks. The first shutout loss in the history of Russell Wilson's NFL career. And it comes at Lambeau Field. Upon his return, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So, obviously, Victory Monday. We're very happy to have another Victory Monday. But the big news everybody wants to know about is the injury update. So, late on Sunday, recording time here. Let's go through what we know. There were three big injuries in this game, running back Aaron Jones and linebackers Rashawn Gary and Whitney Merciless all left this game and did not return. All three injuries looked pretty bad. So let's start with Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones gets hurt. It looks like a knee or an ankle. He goes into the blue medical tent and there was reports that he was emotional coming out of the tent. And he remained on the sidelines. And then shortly after that, we got a, a tweet from Adam Schefter, from ESPN's Adam Schefter, that it seems like this is an MCL sprain. Keep in mind that a sprain can still mean there's a tear. It just means it's not completely torn. So the severity and the grade of the sprain is obviously going to be important for the Packers to figure out because this could be anywhere from a three to a six-plus week recovery for Jones and it doesn't necessarily mean his season is over, but he may not be back with the team for a while. So this is as of, again, we may have more clarity by the time you're listening to this, but Aaron Jones sounds like a sprained MCL, which is better news than a torn ACL, which is always what you fear when something like that happens to a player like that. Saw a video after the game of Randall Cobb coming off the field, and Aaron Jones is riding piggyback on Randall Cobb's back. And had a smile on his face, so you'd, you'd like to think that hopefully it's not as severe of an injury. There was also some video of Aaron Jones walking himself back into the locker room through the tunnel. He had a little bit of a limp, but again, we'll see. We've seen guys walk off the field after tearing their ACL and their season's over with, so the fact that he's walking without assistance does not necessarily mean anything, but that's the update on running back Aaron Jones. Obviously a big part of the offense, and we'll talk about how his – replacement A.J. Dillon did today. On the defensive side of the ball, Rashawn Gary 
uh, hurts his elbow. Looks like his arm gets hyperextended on a play. He's in a lot of pain, and he gets taken off the field. There was fears that it was going to be a serious elbow, arm, some sort of injury like that. Tom Pelissero tweeted out that it looks like there was no apparent structural or ligament damage done, which is pretty amazing when you look at at, at the play, which was not shown again because it was, it was kind of gruesome looking at the time. But it sounds like Rashawn Gary may have avoided a serious injury. It does not mean that he's avoided missing some games. He certainly could miss a couple games um, or come back and try to play with a brace. Not sure, but the news there... Not too bad. As of the time of the again, as of the time of recording, I have not seen any updates on Whitney Merciless. Uh, it looked like he had an issue with his arm. Uh, reports were that he was still on the sideline and he was not moving his arm. So, whatever that means, and we're not doctors and we have no idea. So, more to come on that. And we've we've seen these things happen before, and we've heard things go both ways. We've heard players who look like they're fine and they've got a major injury and we look like you know players who look like they're down and out and can barely move and we come to find out that uh, their injury is not as severe so obviously some things to keep an eye on there because this team needs all of their horses as they get ready for the back half of the schedule and the playoffs that are coming up here in another month and a half and the Packers are poised to get some guys back it looks like David Bakhtiari is going to come back soon hopefully Zadarius Smith can rejoin the team Jair Alexander's been seen at practice. So things are trending in the right direction. And in the meantime, the Packers keep winning. And in fact, they won on Sunday, and the Arizona Cardinals lost to the Carolina Panthers. So now the Packers are once again back in the number one seed by virtue of that one of their two losses came to an AFC opponent, whereas Arizona has lost both of their games to NFC foes. So the Packers are once again your number one seed in the NFC as it currently stands. The game against Seattle was an ugly one. It was ugly until the end of the game when the Packers finally got in the end zone and then things started to look a little bit better. But it always looks better when you have some points and a cushion. The first half was just listless for both teams. It was really hard to watch. It was a punt fest. There were only three points scored. The Packers uh, kicked a field goal. There was another missed field goal for the Packers. There was no field goal rush by Seattle. So Mason Crosby just missed it. He's missed seven kicks now on the season. He's down to close to 50% on field goals. And over the past four games, he has just been abysmal. And the the field goal kicking unit has been abysmal. Whether you want to blame it on the long snapper or the punter, Bajork as the holder, or Crosby, it has not been good. So... Missed another field goal, but the Packers were up 3-0 going into halftime. And, of course, there was a failed uh, Hail Mary by Russell Wilson at the end of the first half just because the NFL gods want to give us some uh, those some of us PTSD. Russell Wilson, but once again, he struggled at Lambeau Field. That place has just not been kind to old Russ. He is 0 for Lambeau and didn't get the win. The Packers couldn't get the run going until the end of the game. A.J. Dillon took over, ran well. Uh, played himself really well uh, in, in relief of Aaron Jones after Jones went out. The Packers outrushed Seattle. Green Bay, 32 rushes, 106 yards, two touchdowns, both by A.J. Dillon. Dillon had 21 carries for 66, averaged 3.1, had two scores. Seattle, if you add Russell Wilson's 32 rushing yards, ended with 75 yards on 16 carries, an average of 4.7, but really... Alex Collins, just 10 carries, 41 yards. 
and that was it. So the Packers outrush the Seahawks. And as far as quarterback numbers, Russell Wilson in his return, 50%, 20 of 40, 161 yards, no touchdowns through two interceptions, and had was sacked three times. Quarterback rating of 39.7. Not quite the number I think Russ was looking for in his return. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 37, 292. No touchdowns, one pick, a very bad pick in the end zone. Sacked once, quarterback rating is 75.5. This was not a quarterback game. For two quarterbacks that may both end up in the Hall of Fame, this was not a quarterback game whatsoever. The 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 big winner in this one was the, def- the Packers defense. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail because they were they were just they were fantastic. They were absolutely fantastic. So uh, <laughs> Seattle couldn't get anything going. You know they they obviously didn't score any points. And even when they intercepted Rodgers in the end zone, it was Jamal Adams that, that picked the ball off, and it was a really bad throw. Rodgers is under pressure. He just throws it up in the middle of the end zone, kind of like it was kind of Favre esque at the end of a game when it was like there was there was just it was one of those Favre like throws. And Jamal Adams inexplicably does the belt. He mocks Aaron Rodgers' belt celebration, which is unreal. That's like a voodoo doll. Everyone knows by now you don't mock the belt. And everybody was joking and tweeting and said the Packers are going to win this game. And at that point, it was only 3 nothing, so there was really nothing to, to say that Green Bay had the game in hand. But again, you, you just don't, you don't put that out there. You don't mess with that. And Jamal Adams did it. And look what happened. The Seahawks lose. They get shut out for the first time in 10 years. On offense, the deep ball. The famous deep ball that Seattle has has had so much success with and done so well. It's a staple of their offense. It wasn't there. And I think mostly, you know, part of it's maybe Russell Wilson, just maybe his throws are a little off, but the Packers defense was there waiting in the hip pocket of the Seahawks receivers all day. The defense put together another great game plan. Joe Barry, it's it's the the questions about hiring Joe Barry are done. They're over with. He's been fantastic. The defense has been fantastic. Adrian Amos picked off a deep ball. Probably could have had a second. He would have had two. Well, there were there were two on one drive that that he could have picked off. And had it not been for Darnell Savage getting kicked out and taking Amos's legs out from under him, he probably gets a second pick. So the deep ball wasn't there. The Packers thwarted that. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, your stud receivers for Seattle, they were a combined five catches for 49 yards. One of those was at the end of the game. It was the very last play of the game. Tyler Lockett picks up 16 of those yards. So they, I mean, those two were just, they were completely absent. They were a zero. And then DK Metcalf goes full meathead at the end of the game. He gets ejected for throwing a punch at a Packers player. The player had a helmet on. Why do NFL players try to punch other players that have helmets on? I will never understand this. Explain it to me. There have been more injuries to hands and fingers throwing the punch than the guy that the punch is intended for. I just don't, I don't get it. And then Metcalf tries to come back into the game at one point. He was quickly ushered off the field. I mean, that's just, you know, he's, he was asked about it in the post-game press conference. He said he's sick of losing. Okay, well, you might want to get used to it. I mean, your, your team is pretty, looking pretty rough right now. And I feel like every time these two teams play each other, there's usually a, there's a scuffle. And it's usually a Seattle player who's the perp of the scuffle. So Pete Carroll, head coach Pete Carroll, is just he's he still has that real winner mentality going on over there. He hasn't gotten a road win in Green Bay either. So neither he or Russ have ever ever had success there. So I get it. They're tired of it. They're three and six. Their season is quickly slipping away from them. But 
You got to keep your head together. You got to keep your head together. So the Packers offense, it was in sleep mode for the first three quarters of this game. Fortunately, the defense was in wide awake, woke mode, as they call it now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mentioned it before, not very impressive. You know, I, I think there's no doubt the Packers were still able to do more with him under center just because the defense honors more things when Aaron Rodgers is the, is the signal caller versus another quarterback, Jordan Love, anybody else. Um, I saw lots of comments about how Love probably could have easily duplicated the output that Rodgers had. I don't think so. You're not going to not take Rodgers in any game, regardless of his struggles. I mean, his deep ball hasn't been there, hasn't really in the last two years. He overthrew MVS once again. Seems like that's once a game happening. It's frustrating, but he had the, had the bad pick. But it was still good to see 12 back out there. Even with no practice, There's again, there's certain things he does effectively that helps the team win. And offensively, yeah, the Packers, they got to figure some things out. Looks like they're going to have to work through not having, you know, they're still working through not having Robert Tunyon. They're going to be without Aaron Jones for a few games from the sound of it, at least a few. And the games are going to keep being played. I mean, there, there ain't nobody waiting for the Packers to get it together. So they're going to have to figure it out pretty fast. And hopefully Dylan, again, who scored twice, ran hard, really ran guys over, ran over unblocked defenders. So he's winning those point of impact uh, point of attack, collisions. Uh, hopefully he can stack some success, as they say, after a really good second half in which he found the end zone twice, like I said, for the only two touchdowns of the day by either team. Fortunately, they both went to the Packers. Patrick Taylor had a couple runs. They're going to need him. Now the running back room is looking extremely thin. Devontae Adams is probably really glad to see Aaron Rodgers back there. Adams had seven catches for 78 yards. Alan Lazard had one really tough drop on a really well-placed ball by Rodgers that would have extended a drive. But Rodgers was just not really himself out there. I mean, the week of practice is so important, even for a, a, a future Hall of Famer and MVP. Got to get those practice reps in there. And as many said it, it looked like he just looked like, it, he looked like he missed a week of practice. But fortunately, Russell Wilson looked like He's been out long enough uh, to actually validate that stupid video he made, the comeback video. Uh, he, it just does not get, he's old for Lambeau Field, and it does not get old watching the most insincere player in the NFL walk away a loser. I, I'm sorry, I just, I've said it before. I think Russell Wilson is the corniest athlete in all of professional sports. So go ahead and carry that shutout L all the way back home to your, your 12s, to your legion of 12s back home. Okay, defensively, I mentioned the safeties. What a great game by both of them. It was so good to see them both play really well. Adrian Amos uh, had the pick. Darnell Savage has a big pass breakup. They were both there waiting for the deep ball every time. Just so disciplined, so on point. And Eric Stokes was back. He played well. Kevin King had an interception. Uh, interestingly enough, looked like he might have dropped the ball. It was ruled that he was that he did catch it. So King gets a pick. Just a great performance by the secondary. And the defense as a whole, brilliant. They've allowed no touchdowns in seven quarters and no points in the last six. And that's against Patrick Mahomes, who's looking a lot more like himself lately. Looked really good against the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. And then against Wilson. Say what you will about Russell Wilson. He's still a good quarterback, and the Packers shut him out. 
So, and prior to that, Kyler Murray struggled against the Packers. Uh, you know, they scored some points, but he struggled through the pick at the end of the game. So, the defense is doing some really good things. Prior to getting hurt, both Rashawn Gary and Whitney Merciless had sacks of Russell Wilson. Kenny Clark, who was questionable with a back injury, ended up playing. He was in the backfield a ton. He played well. Chased down Russell Wilson from behind. Preston Smith had some uh, some pressures. Devondre Campbell with another really good game. I mentioned the King pick. There was some gnashing of teeth again over the officiating. Sounded like the call was made correctly. I don't know if the rule is just different for a defensive player than a receiver as far as maintaining possession, getting both feet in, going to the ground, finishing the act of catching the ball. But they looked at it plenty of times, and they didn't overturn it. So the Packers had got, the, got the interception, and that was that. Razul Douglas made some plays. I mentioned Stokes. I mean, the defense is just playing their asses off, and it's a beautiful thing for once because the offense has not been good. The defense is carrying this team. And what do they say about defenses and championships? We all know the cliche. So this team has a chance. If they're gonna if they're gonna keep the opponent to 13, 0, 17, under 20, the Packers can win any game. And over the past decade, it's been so much about the offense, about Aaron Rodgers. Now it's the defense locking it down. It kind of reminds us of a certain season several years ago that I mentioned too many times that ended very well. For all of us. And they've, the defense has been locked down against some of the better offenses and the quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not like they're all playing they're playing Jacksonville and the Jets every week. So, again, Joe Barry and company rolling at every level. And they still have a chance here to get Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander back. And you think about this. If Whitney Merciless is out, if, he's good, you know, if the season's over, or if he's out long term, Zadarius Smith will eventually come back. You mitigate that loss. The question is, is, is if Rashawn's going to be out for a minute and Whitney Merciless is out, now you've got some issues at, at pass rush because Jonathan Garvin has to step in and be that guy. And can he? That's the question. But things are looking up. Things are definitely looking up for the Packers, and they played really well in this game. Took care of business against Seattle, a, t- a game that they, they should have won. They did win. Take care of a big NFC opponent. Obviously, avoid having to go to Seattle, but it does look like Seattle's going to make the postseason anyway at this rate. So that's not really a concern for this year. So we wipe them off the schedule, and we basically can can stop worrying. We don't have to worry about Seattle for another year. And the Packers move on, and they will take on the Minnesota Vikings on the road next week, and I will have more of a breakdown and more to say about that on Thursday's Quick Slants podcast. And, of course, we'll have a lot more clarity on the injury situation by then as well. We'll know if Rashad Gary is going to be out. Whitney Merciless, Aaron Jones, we'll have more clarity on how long they're going to be out for. But I do have one more thing before I go that I want to address. Okay, and this was over the weekend because, you know, I did the I did the last Quick Slant show last week and, and uh, the show was up before... The Odell Beckham Jr. thing was over with, and he ended up with the Rams. And, you know, this is kind of yesterday's news, but that whole thing, I saw a lot of Packers fans that said that, you know, the Packers really weren't all in if they didn't get after Odell Beckham Jr. And that was something that the media said and and some fans said, too, that were disappointed that OBJ didn't choose the Packers and that word came out that he said that he didn't feel like the Packers were really all in which I think is code for they didn't they didn't want to pay me. 
and he ended up with the Rams. Now, you know, I just want to say that there's there's a couple things that are ignored uh, there. You know, I see a few tweets after, after the game on Sunday against the Seahawks that said OBJ would have caught the balls at Lazard drop, which is, again, there's a couple things being ignored here. The first one is, is that this team doesn't need any new pieces unless guys get hurt. And then, yes, you have to replace guys. But right now, if they've got everybody, this team does not need Odell Beckham Jr. They don't need Stephon Gilmore. They don't need J.J. Watt. This team is just fine. The Packers are just fine. Are they going to get? Are they going to lose some more guys? Maybe. Is that situation going to change very quickly? Perhaps. But we live in the here and now, and this team does not need an Odell Beckham Jr. They can do anything they want right now with who they have. It's all in front of them. This team is talented enough to be very good. I mean, even Amari Rodgers has a better game as a returner. Is starting to maybe get some confidence and realizing, like, if I don't get my head out of my, my ass, I'm going to lose this job. I might not make it as a pro. So whatever it takes, light the fire and make them great. The second thing that's being ignored is the fact that the Browns, they couldn't find a trade partner for OBJ. There was nobody that wanted him. And I think, I think it would have been very low compensation that would have gotten a trade done. If you look at what was traded for Stephon Gilmore, uh, you know, I doubt that it would have cost more than a mid-round pick. And still nobody traded for, for Beckham. 31 other teams did not were not willing to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. So does that sound like a player that other teams have, have got to have? Like he's a got to have it guy? Then he gets released. He goes on waivers. No one claims him. Now, obviously, the money was stupid. You don't want to claim him and take on that contract. And I get it. But... If this is a player who is of the caliber that he's going to take your team or a team to the promised land, then you find a way. Nobody thought that. Nobody did that. No one. I don't think 31 teams are wrong about a player. So if you, you know, if you, if, if you, if you think you're going to risk losing a player that you have to have and he's the answer to your prayers, you claim him. You figure it out. You figure out a way to make the money work. And I'm not of the salary cap as a myth guy, but I think teams can find a way to do it. And if you look at Andrew Brandt, Andrew Brandt has tweeted many times before that if a team wants a player, they can find a way to get him. If they don't, they won't. So, there, you know, there's a bidding war apparently between the Packers and Rams. There's a lot of a lot of media garbage and stuff that, that got leaked out there. And, you know, the bottom line is that 31 other teams were not all in and the Rams ended up getting Odell Beckham Jr. And thank God they did because they lost Robert Woods over the weekend to an unfortunate ACL injury. So now Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have to try to be a part of replacing Woods instead of complimenting Woods. Now they're going to lean on Van Jefferson as well. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Rams offense is going to look like in two weeks when they come to Lambeau Field. Odell Beckham Jr. will be at Lambeau Field as a member of the Rams taking on the Packers in two weeks a game that is starting to loom very large because it looks like the Packers might be without a couple of more key pieces in that game. Will David Bakhtiari be back by then? Will Gary, will Rash- Rashawn Gary be able to play? We have no idea. I am assuming Whitney Merciless and Aaron Jones are not going to be playing in that game. So the Packers are going to be down a couple bodies there. But I just wanted to I just wanted to mention that this team is plenty all in. They're doing the right things. The OBJ thing, like just 
you know, hopefully there's no more high-profile players that get released because it's just so tough on social media. Packers Twitter just melts down when there's a player to be had who doesn't end up picking the Packers. There's a million and one reasons why guys don't end up in a, on a certain team. And the Packers are going to be just fine without OBJ. The Packers pick up a win, 17-0 over the Seahawks. They re- reclaim the top spot in the NFC. They're well ahead in the NFC North. They'll get a chance to essentially start to shut the door and slam the door shut on the NFC North division race. And we're not even into, we're not even at Thanksgiving. That's in one week as the Packers get ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Obviously, going to be a tough game. Division opponents on the road, never easy. You got another tough one here. You got Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, the offense can move and do some things the defense is going to have to be up to the task but there's nothing that tells me that they won't be so I think the Packers are are going to do just fine and that's a little bit of a preview a little bit of a spoiler as they say as far as how I might be picking that game in the meantime everybody get over to Game on Wisconsin check out all the great content over there all the writing all the written work I did a game recap of the Packers win the shutout win over the Seahawks more to be said over there about this team, injury updates, and then, of course, all of our live shows and podcasts throughout the week. Everybody enjoy those. More importantly, enjoy the hell out of another Victory Monday. Packers 17-0 winners over over the Seattle Seahawks. They send Russell Wilson home with his first shutout loss. Mr. Unlimited is absolutely very limited. Limited to zero points. And still the corniest player in the NFL. Everybody. Enjoy your week. I will be back with another show on Thursday. Stay safe, as always, and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 